What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 288 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and this is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where we're going to be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling over the past couple of days. Some of these stories are completely bonkers and out there, and some of them are a little bit more grounded. So let's start with the more grounded ones and talk a little bit about the upcoming May Young Classic, which is the women's tournament name, if you are unfamiliar with the fact that it's called that now. They have been saying that they want to have an all-women's presence for this, which I think is pretty interesting, and not a bad idea, because what the hell, why not, right? Uh, we can get into the whole like argument of equality and all this other kind of stuff another day. It's, you know, go check out my Wonder Woman review and stuff. I already bitched and complained about people that don't think equality is good and stuff in there. But um, the idea behind this kind of uh, production design was apparently that they are going to have not just the women competing in the tournament, but the commentators, the ring announcers, and even the referees were all going to be women as well. So the first steps in getting in that direction were actually taken this week, which is pretty interesting. Kennedy Brink was brought on to be an NXT referee. I'm not familiar with Kennedy Brink as far as her work on the outside. Never heard her name before. But that means that they're at least heading in that direction and that this seems to be an actual thing instead of just hearsay and rumors and scuttlebutt and all that other kind of stuff. So that is a good sign for the fact that maybe we will get an all-women commentary team. Maybe we will get all-women for everything in that kind of tournament. And that got me thinking of, I don't really know women from the indies, or men for that matter, uh, that should be hired for like the referee spots and stuff, but that's good that they can actually get more women involved in that capacity, because those women that might not be able to get in the actual tournament, they might just, for whatever reason, they're like right at the bottom of that level that they could have been selected, but they weren't. Maybe they can be the referees in there, and they still have their foot in the door with the company, so that's really interesting. And Kennedy Brink, maybe she's somebody who's good enough that eventually they bring her in as an actual performer in NXT or the main roster or anything like that. I don't know. We could see potentially, like, uh, Sarah Amato maybe is going to be, like, a referee or something. I still think the commentary team is going to be pretty interesting because I'm assuming Renee Young is going to be there. I mean, she pretty much has to at this point, right? She had a little bit of experience on the commentary team, and she's the most qualified to be able to pull that role off, I think. Maybe Charlie Caruso takes over as, like, the panelist to analyze things. Maybe we've got Lita coming back, which was a rumor. Maybe even some other guests, like uh, Beth Phoenix, Michelle McCool, so on and so forth, because we have been seeing some polls put up about, like, who would you like to see return, and they had some of those names in there. So I'm really kind of interested to see which people they pick for these different spots and everything. And JoJo, of course, can be one of the ring announcers. Maybe, eh, I didn't really like Dasha in that role, but Dasha can do the backstage interview stuff. I don't really know if uh, Christy St. Cloud has anything to offer in those kind of roles, or if she's just kind of like a backstage interviewer, broadcast analyst type of person. But she and Caleb Braxton are in the mix for something like that. So we've got a lot of women that are doing the broadcasting team side. Uh, those should be good. The referees, of course, we have no referees that are women in WWE. So now they need to start filling in those ranks a little bit. Kennedy Brink is the first one. Hopefully she does a good job. Either way, 
I mean, I don't know any kind of criticism. I haven't heard anything bad about her. I haven't heard anything fantastic either. So got to give her the benefit of the doubt and give it a thumbs up. The idea behind it is still pretty interesting. So I like it. I have absolutely no segue to get to the next topic, but let's transition anyway. Why not, right? WWE Hall of Famers Harley Race and Ric Flair have both suffered injuries over the past few days. Harley Race bro- uh, broke both of his legs. Ric Flair suffered an injury to his hand and his face after he got into a fight with a Golden State Warriors fan. Not really too sure what the context is, but he apparently is you know, a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers and something must have happened. Ric Flair was probably like, you know who I fucking am? And the guy's like... Yeah, you're a Cavs fan, fucker, or something like that. You know, Ric Flair's Ric Flair. He's going to get into some scuffles now in a once in a while. I'm not too sure about exactly where Harley Race's uh, condition has gone up or down, but never a good thing to hear that kind of stuff, right? But we do have one good story as far as the Legends being in better health, which is superstar Billy Graham has announced that he's been cured of hepatitis C that he's been dealing with after apparently 25 years. And uh, that's always a good thing to kind of... You know, flip things around and talk about a positive at the end there. Not really much discussion you can really talk about this. It's like, Harley Race breaks his legs. Well, that sucks. Get better. You know? I'm not going to be like, let's analyze this. I ain't a fucking doctor. <laughs> you know? I wouldn't be able to tell you anything. I don't even know what the hell some of the medicine is that I take every once in a while. It's like allergy medicine. It says allergy something on there. Pop a pill and then see if I can stop sneezing. That's my kind of strategy when it comes to being a doctor. So, you're not going to get any kind of... Uh, weird medical advice when it comes to me. Or if you are, you shouldn't listen to it because I'm not the right source for that. But let's talk about a different topic here. Two shows on the WWE Network. One of them returned after doing only one episode, and I can kind of see why it only did one episode. And the other one's just our thoughts on Table for Three. They had another edition for that one, which was World Champion Legacy as the subtitle, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, and Bruno San Martino. Now, I got a little bit of a transition here because I just talked about Ric Flair. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about Ric Flair on this one. But my thoughts on that one, I always like to try to give you guys a see-it-or-skip-it kind of breakdown of whether or not I thought that it was worth checking out. And usually with Table for Three, I normally tell you guys, go ahead, check it out, even though there might not be necessarily any great stories to kind of hear along the way. This one was pretty interesting. Uh, I am not the biggest fan of Bruno San Martino and hearing stories about, like, the old, back olden days kind of things. But he had a couple interesting stories about different problems he's gone through in the past with, like, growing up in the the era that he was young in and everything like that. Randy Orton throwing some interesting things out there about how much harder it is for him to stay in shape and Ric Flair just kind of hanging out doing the, the Ric Flair kind of stuff. So I would say go ahead and check it out. There wasn't a single story that really stood out to me as being like, oh man, this is a really cool thing I want to tell you in case you don't want to watch it, you can at least hear this. None of that really stood out, but eh, you know what? It was a half an hour. I checked it out while I was preparing my notes for this. thought it was pretty interesting enough to put in the background, so why not give it a shot? I will have to say, though, don't bother with uh, Music Power 10. That came back this... uh, It was supposed to be actually, I think, Wednesday was one of the going to be when they um, released it, and they ended up just putting it on demand earlier today. So I watched this many, many hours ago, and I didn't even watch the full thing. I don't really care about this type of thing, but it's so easy to produce, and if people like it, then why not keep doing it, right? If you don't know what it is, it's basically a top 10 countdown where nobody explains what the rankings are, and nobody talks about anything, and it's just 10 clips of the different entrances from this year's WrestleMania. 
and that's it. So if you saw WrestleMania, then you've seen Music Power 10 WrestleMania 33 edition. It's pretty boring and not really worth the watch. I would like to see them make an actual show about the music. Have a series where like CFO Money and Jim Johnston and maybe the other people that have been a part of like the WCW versions of the songs and stuff like that, if they can get them on board, have them talk about the process of creating different themes. Bring in like Adelita's Way and bring in um, Saliva and... Uh, you know, bring in all these people that have worked on these themes and interview them and talk about what their inspiration was for different things. Like, ask Jim Johnston, why did you take Razor Ramon's song and remake it just a little bit for Steve Austin and whatnot? That, to me, would actually be pretty interesting. Or, hell, at least if you're going to do a top 10 countdown, do it the way that you did with WWE Countdown beforehand, where people actually weigh in and discuss the music and stuff. Don't just make it a quick clip show. That's not worth it. I think that that show really is a waste. But again, as I said at the beginning of this, if people like this, it's incredibly easy to just put this together. I'm sure this was like a 15, 20-minute job, essentially, for somebody to make this episode up. Corey Graves just sits there and he records for a few minutes, and then some editor takes a couple clips from WrestleMania, puts a little graphic on the bottom lower third, and then they're done. So if that is as easy as it is, and it costs them virtually nothing, then they should do more episodes like that. Because if there's somebody out there that likes it, then they're going to watch it. Now, if it was a big money resource or something, that'd be a different story. I wouldn't be justifying it, but hey, why not? I'm personally not going to watch any more episodes of Music Power 10, and I can't really suggest that you should either. But if you like it, tell me what you like about it. Okay, let's talk about this whole situation happening with this uh, woman that Dolph Ziggler apparently stood up. Her name is Trisha Paytas. Paytas? I don't know. She is a quote-unquote YouTube star. And I use the word star with, you know, the little hand quotes kind of thing because I had never heard of her before. Now, of course, she is more popular on YouTube than I am, so she is much more of a star than I am. Yet, I never refer to myself as a YouTube star, so keep that in mind. But before we get started on this, let me preface this in two ways. Number one, for any fans of this chick, if you try to post anything to cause a stir, I'm just going to remove the comment, so don't even try. Nobody gives a shit about your white knighting, at all. Second, we just went through a whole tournament where we judged people's looks, and I will say the same thing that I always mention when we're doing that, which is that I am no 10 out of 10 myself, nor do I think someone deserves to be judged solely on their looks. A lot of ugly people are great people, a lot of beautiful people, horrible people, that kind of thing. So, I will be making fun of this woman, <laughs> because she clearly values her looks above everything else, and she doesn't even have anything to be proud of in that way, because she's one of those unfortunate people who is ugly as fuck on the outside, and apparently it seems like on the inside too. I don't know anything about her, but she seems like exactly the type of person that I would hate with a passion. She looks like a cross between a slightly melted Barbie doll and an inflatable pool toy because she's a big girl, but she also has clearly had tons of work done, and I don't know why they didn't fix anything when they were working on her, you know, whatever the case may be, but again, we already established, I'm not a doctor, maybe they had some problems, but she looks like such an attention whore. 
And I hate that I'm talking about her or that she's my thumbnail because she clearly thinks that she's hotter than she is. And she was clearly butthurt about Ziggler not fucking her because she went on this tirade about how it was the best uh, sex of her life and then realized that it was a compliment to say that and started saying that she was too high on drugs to remember it, so it must not have been that good, which is exactly the type of argumentative philosophies that people incorporate when they have no leg to stand on. It's the type of mentality that you see in online dating, which if you've been a part of online dating, whether you're a man or a woman, it's horrible in a lot of different ways. But mostly this applies to the women that are getting these messages that I'm about to say. So a lot of times, and I've got some friends of mine that have been on online dating, both male and female, so they've been telling me all their horror stories and stuff like that, and I've witnessed my own on my end. But for the women that uh, I know that have been on online dating, there's a lot of instances where a guy will message them, call them beautiful, want to try to fuck her, essentially, and when she rejects him, however nice it is, he goes off and says, you're an ugly bitch, and I never wanted to fuck you anyway. Yeah, sure, dude. Now that your feelings are hurt, let's just try to pretend that you were actually doing the opposite than what you were doing, right? That way, you don't get your feelings as hurt, you think that you're kind of standing up for yourself and all the other kind of bullshit like that, right? It, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, that's the type of person that this Taylor chick or whatever her name is, what was it? Uh, Trisha. Uh, it seems like that's what she brings to the table. So she loses any and all credibility in my mind. But in her stories about how she had gotten st uh, stood up by Dolph Ziggler, which may or may not be true, Dolph Ziggler seems like he could be the type of guy that does that, but uh, I don't know. And given the choice between backing up Dolph Ziggler and backing up this girl, if I have to pick between the two, I'm going to back up Dolph Ziggler. They might be both terrible people. I don't know. Never actually met Dolph Ziggler. But she also went out of her way to try to insult wrestling fans and call everybody dumb for not knowing that it's fake and whatnot. And some people get upset about that kind of stuff. I, I don't. I know it's fake. I've known that it was fake since I was a kid, and I still find it entertaining, even though I bitch about it all the time, because I know that it can be better than what it is. I'm not bitching and complaining because I think, like, you know, if you're a fan of, say, my area, people are a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, and it's like, they'll bitch and complain that the Phillies aren't good. Yeah, but that's because they're a legitimate team, it's real sports, and they can be complaining about that kind of stuff and go, man, you gotta be better, you gotta practice more, whatever. Wrestling's different. Wrestling, we know that it's scripted. So, if you can complain about it, you're complaining because you know that there's a functionality that they're missing out on. It's the same as when I complain about how, like, see, on Fanboys Anonymous posts and stuff, how in the current DC films, Lex Luthor is horribly written. I know being a comic book fan, that Lex Luthor is a great character, and they didn't even use one-tenth of his potential. Well, I know that WWE can put on great shows, and I know that they aren't doing a good job, like with Extreme Rules being bland as hell. But we all know that it's fake, just like any reasonable person knows that a reality TV show is fake, but people watch that garbage too. Well, this woman, and I use that word lightly because she acts like, and looks like, an unjustifiably spoiled preteen, and it is just gross. How is she in any way different from that type of stuff? Like, to the type of mentality that breeds that environment. 
And why is she even YouTube famous for that point, too? Is it just because she has tits? Because, come on, guys, stop watching that kind of content. If you're horny, go to Pornhub, knock one out, and then watch some decent shit instead. Check out Game Theory. Check out the movie trivia Schmodown or whatever you're into. Not just some puffy bimbo trying desperately to get validation to temporarily cure her deep-seated emotional issues or something like that. But on the same page, Ziggler, dude, come on, you're a good-looking guy. Why are you messing around with an ugly thought like this? You can do so much better. Amy Schumer you go after and this chick? Go fuck a supermodel. Start tagging Christy St. Cloud from NXT before she knows better. Anything. But the whole idea that there's wrestling fans out there that are upset that this, whatever you want to call her, is going, oh, wrestling fans are stupid. They don't even know that it's fake. If that is somebody's big go-to complaint about a wrestling fan, you shouldn't get upset about it. Those are the people that have no argument to actually bitch and complain about. It's the same as when I talk to people about the whole comic book and nerdy kind of thing like that, where people go, you know, wow, it's always been so nerdy that you were into comic books, and then there's people that are in the sports, and it's no different. And it's like, yeah, there is no difference. I can quote you a lot of facts about Batman, and I have no idea who's playing on the fucking Eagles right now. But there's people that are nerdy about sports, And they can tell you every single stat from every single player of every single fucking football team from the past 30 years and stuff like that. We're all nerdy. We're all stupid, (laughs) you know? So if somebody tries to complain about the fact that you like wrestling, fuck them. So what if you like it, you know? And if they're going to complain and you want to try to validate anything that they say, make sure that they've got some kind of oomph behind them that makes it seem like you want to get their respect Two minutes looking at who this Trisha chick is, I couldn't care less if she told me I was the ugliest fuck in the world, or that I was the stupidest fuck in the world, or that I was the least entertaining fuck in the world, or anything like that, because this type of person is gutter trash. So, the story between her and Dolph Ziggler, I could see that happening. I could see it being Dolph Ziggler stood her up. And I would hope at least Dolph Ziggler stood her up because he started to look at, like, who she actually is and went, like, ugh, I really don't want to kind of be around this chick. Maybe not, though, and if that's the case, come on, Ziggler, you're better than this. But she seems like a piece of trash, and anybody who's getting all upset and doing, like, death threats to her and stuff like that, come on, people, don't get so bent out of shape over somebody who deserves such little attention. And again, I mentioned... I hate the fact that I'm mentioning it on the show, but hey, it's a big story happening right now, right? But we want to end things off in a happier note, something that's actually good, you know what I mean? So the story that I want to end things off on tonight is that there have been some signs, some signs, there's been some new signees to WWE, there's been some signs too, a couple of people in the crowd and such. And uh, one of them is Axel Dieter Jr. No idea who that is. So if you know, let me know. Nixon Newell, who we've been hearing about a lot, she has signed with WWE recently. So she might be part of that WWE women's tournament, the Mae Young Classic. Evie has signed. Now, Evie, if you don't remember, was that pretty cute, really tiny girl that was in NXT for like an episode or two. And Thea Trinidad and Fabian Eichner. Now, the bigger story of the whole thing is Thea Trinidad. I'll get to her in a minute. But Fabian Eichner, don't sleep on the guy. He was in the Cruiserweight Classic, and he was the big, bald German, I think, wrestler who 
I think he had gotten knocked out in the first round by maybe like Akira Tozawa or something. But he was really impressive to me. I thought that he was actually somebody that they should have signed immediately. And I was just like, why is this dude not in NXT? Because outside of the Cruiserweight division, that guy still looked like he still could have been a pretty good star. I'm really happy to see that they've signed him. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. I don't know about if he can cut any promos or anything, but he's got a good look to him. And he had, like, the ability to move around really, really well for somebody his size. Bigger story, though, as I said, Thea Trinidad. If you don't know much about Thea Trinidad, she was Rosita in TNA. And she's going to be playing AJ Lee in that upcoming movie about Paige. She's married to Austin Aries, which might have been one of the ways that she got her foot in the door here. And they had been teasing that she's been out in the crowd for Andrade Almas matches, but I don't remember seeing her ever pop up on camera for that. So if she does come into the company, I'm assuming at this point she's coming into NXT and she's going to really help that division out because we need some new people, you know? We've got Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They're ready to come up to main roster at any point. Asuka's going to be ready to come up to the main roster at any point too. Look ahead at uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And then we're going to start needing to fill in the gaps a little bit. So this women's tournament, maybe it's got Thea Trinidad in it, maybe not. I wouldn't be opposed to her being in it. Maybe that's like, maybe she wins the whole thing or something. But Evie being in the mix, Nixon Newell, I don't know anything about Nixon Newell, but uh, Evie was pretty decent in her match that she had had. Maybe it was on like Raw or something now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe it wasn't NXT. I thought it was NXT though. But Thea Trinidad is not a newcomer. She's been a part of TNA for a bunch of years. She was teaming up with Sarita as part of LAX. So she knows what she's doing. And she could be a great resource for that. So between two new uh, women with Evie and Nixon and whoever this Axel Dieter guy is, a guy that I think has proven himself at least enough for one match with the Grizzly Classic with Fabian Eichner, and then Thea Trinidad, very, very happy to see that they finally gave a spot to the B. That was the sexy B from uh, Adam Rose's Rosebuds. So she's finally got a spot in the company, which is really cool. Now, that's going to be it for this week's edition of the Hot Tags. As always, leave your comments below and tell me what you think about all these subjects. Next time that you're going to be hearing from me is going to be the Ask Him, and then probably the Sporkle Quiz is what I'll be taking care of this week as our main event. Kind of need a little bit of a break and... uh you know, go back and check out all the content that we've done recently. If you haven't already, like the post show for Extreme Rules and so on and so forth like that. After that is going to be next week, we're going to be going through our predictions for Money in the Bank and then the Money in the Bank post show and all that kind of stuff. That's all happening that week. Then we're getting into the week of my birthday, so I'm going to have to try to figure out a way to kind of give myself a little bit of a break with that around like the 24th and such. And... um Eventually, we're going to have a mailbag, but I don't know when we're going to be doing that either. So, <laughs> at the very least for this week, we've got the Ask Him coming up next, and then the Sporkle Quiz. So, stay tuned for that kind of stuff. And if you want to be well uh, well aware of when those things get posted, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, and hit that little bell icon to get the notifications there. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Keep checking out the website for more content as well, because we have the weeklies, and we've got some other random posts that are going to be popping up. Follow all my other kind of nonsense on Bleacher Report and on e-wrestling news and Sports Kita and whatnot. Fabi- uh, Fanboys Anonymous as well, too. And I will see you next time, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, not being counted out.